0: Welcome to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you're interested in learning how to build a company, make money from your art, or transition to a new career, you've come to the right place. If you like this episode, please remember to like, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Today I'm chatting with Jabril Mack, award-winning animator and writer. Jabril, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. Um, you know, just <laughs> keeping busy, staying indoors, all of the fun things that, uh, summer of 2020 has to offer. How, right. <laughs> how are, how are things in your neck of the woods?
1: So I'm, uh, typically in LA, but I'm actually in Atlanta riding out the pandemic with my family right now. So, um, you know, I'm enjoying being in the South for an extended time. Mm-hmm. Uh, things are good. Things are good. Yeah. Family staying safe. Staying healthy, so can't complain.
0: Good, 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 good. I was supposed to be in Atlanta in May for a, a long, extended business trip because of the innovation space that was there, but of course, all that got canceled. So it's um, there's a lot of really, really cool things in Atlanta. Is there? Are you able to get out and do anything, or is or is the situation in Atlanta kind of stay home, keep to yourself kind of a thing?
1: Well, I've been laying pretty low, not too much exciting, you know, exciting stuff yeah. on my end. The thing I like most about Atlanta is the food, man. So I'm, I'm making sure I'm hitting up all my favorite <laughs> spots while I'm here. And because I am here, you know, going pretty frequently. So might be yeah. getting a little bit late, but it's all good, man. It's a pandemic. You gotta do you. <laughs> That's right.
0: That's right. Exactly. When first comes to shop, you're like, oh, it's a pandemic. It's fine. We're all, <laughs> right. We're all in that same boat. So it's fine.
1: <laughs> totally my excuse right now for anything.
0: Yeah, I love it. So for my audience who is less familiar with you and what your work is, how do you describe yourself and what you do?
1: So uh, first and foremost, I think I'm a storyteller, right? I'm a storyteller who specialized in animation. Um, I do uh, animation artists, I guess you could say, because I'm involved with a lot of different parts of the animation process, whether like you mentioned writing, storyboarding or actually animating and bringing the characters to life. I kind of have uh, my foot in all the departments for animation. So uh, I do a lot, wear a lot of different hats. But as you know, startup style, it's kind of what you have to do, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. So let's so let's start from the beginning of this. What initially made you want to go to USC and study animation?
1: It's a good question because I did not want to go to USC. <laughs> <laughs> what did you, where did to go you to want to, to go? I wanted to go to Cal Arts, which is like Walt Disney's animation school in yeah. California as well. And as a senior in high school, I got that you know projection letter, and I was like, "Dang, okay, USC." You know, hopefully, they come through. So luckily, they did, and it worked out perfectly because USC has the best film school in the world, right? You know, George Lucas went there. Steven Spielberg didn't go. He likes to act like he went. It's that good, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Robert Zemeckis, you know, all these big names went. So. The opportunity to go there and learn in the same environment was super awesome mm-hmm. and I also you know one of the things about CalArts was it's an art-based school so it's not that university feel you don't get to have the tailgates and the, uh, the football games and the different people with different mindsets and different majors it was mostly all artists so mm-hmm. one of the best things about USC was being able to be on the same dorm floor with someone who's a business major, someone who is a engineering major, someone who's a math major, you know, Mm. and to share and talk and learn from each other. So that diverse element was probably one of the big selling points besides the fact that I was rejected from the other one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Sure. I, I get that. All right, cool. So what did you do then after you graduated?
1: So, let me take a step back. I've always yeah. been drawing and animating and, and creating stuff. So my family moved around a lot growing up and uh, right before middle school, you know, the worst years of your life, we ended up moving to Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri, which made mm. middle school even <laughs> even more of a of a transition from going from California to Missouri. There's not much to do. Right. People would mm-hmm. go to Target or Costco on the weekends and hang out. And that was like a big deal. Right. So. I got into drawing and my, my dad got me this animation software called Toon Boom Animation. And from there, I was just making cartoons in my parents' basement. And just having friends come over recording some voices on this microphone I have for my PS2 and really silly stuff, putting them online, early mm-hmm. YouTube stuff, and not really caring about it. But um, then in high school, I was making these cartoons still. We had moved again, and I submitted them to this Nickelodeon Animation Festival. Mm-hmm. and uh, Put them in the mail, forget about it. A couple months later, I get a phone call that I actually won this festival, right? So I'm like, yo, <laughs> Nickelodeon. You know, I grew up watching this kind of stuff. They acknowledged my work. And at that point, my parents are kind of like, okay, you, you can actually make money and be an artist and you know <laughs> make a career out of it. We got to go to Nickelodeon Studios and you know, home with SpongeBob, really odd parents, Invader Zim, Avatar, all these big hitters, and seeing how they make the stuff is how I ended up going to USC I convinced my parents mm. that it was a you know a worthwhile career choice and then right after USC I had uh, I was interning at Cartoon Network on a show okay and it was great all the the staff there of season 1 of this new show called Clarence was super young all like 25 26 all friends and I was like wait I kind of want to do some stuff with my friends so you- my made an animation studio, and just jumped into it. This was a like early. I graduated in 2015, so like 2015-16 was around the time when streaming services were just coming out. Mm-hmm. So every brand wanted like something to pitch, right? Everyone wants content. We got to pitch some stuff. Right. So we would be the people who would develop that stuff for them. So if let's say Oreo wanted the Oreo series, they don't have any animators on deck, so have me and my buddies create this Oreo series for you. And just kind of go from there. And we were doing that for a couple of years and just learning a lot about storytelling and characters and making TV shows. Mm -hmm. So, wait, I'm sorry.
0: I'm going to pause you for one second because that's, so that's absolutely fascinating that you, you've kind of found a niche and jumped into that. I'm curious on the business side of that before we get into your next project. So Mm -hmm. did you end up starting a company around this idea or was it you and your friends were just doing some freelance work?
1: Uh, it's kind of a mix of both. It was weird because we were, I was taking an entrepreneurship class on a whim at USC. Okay. Our professors were, um, you know, serial entrepreneurs and, and uh, angel investors who were very adamant about doing your own thing. And as an artist, you don't really think about you know, I'm here to draw some cartoons, make people laugh, call it a day. Right. right. But they really opened my eyes into not only like, like, Creating stuff that's not in a vacuum and, and, and being in charge of what you create, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, our first clients was like Stan Lee's production company, right? So working with Stan Lee and one of the greatest was off out of the gate, <laughs> was like, whoa, that's crazy. So when you is it, is it a company? Is it not? We don't know because we're working in our dorms, right? Yeah. So <laughs> doing that and having the opportunity to create stuff for these top big names was able to Keeps the money in our pocket, especially out of that, uh, you know, right out of college transition. Mm-hmm. But eventually it kind of became just too tiring and boring because you're working on stuff for other people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And It's like, we don't know. We're working. We're kind of end up working in a vacuum because pitching a show and stuff, a lot of times it don't go anywhere. And then you can't show anybody anything. So it's like i work on this i work on google's cool google project but can't show you you know <laughs> work on this really cool stanley new superhero but yeah. can't show you all right <laughs> so at a certain point i was starting to think you know what i want to get my own ideas out there in a really significant and exciting way
0: mm-hmm. and
1: luckily i was able to do that with this new project called the weaklings <laughs>
0: Great, so yeah, so tell me more about The Weaklings then. Where did the idea from it come from? And yeah, that, so you, you kind of just can mention a little bit, but what was that actual moment like when you're like, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore, but there's an opportunity to do something of my own that will also be a business?
1: I really don't, I think like it's just a bunch of small things happening and just getting burnt out and tired. Mm-hmm. I remember being on vacation and telling my family, I'm about to do this i'm about to make this show and just see what happens and they're like okay you know <laughs> all righty uh, but the Weeklings is an animated series starring the days of the week right so the characters are monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday and sunday mm-hmm. and they all have personalities based off how each day feels so friday coolest guy ever saturday is really fun and exciting and peppy and of course monday no one really likes her right <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was inspired by actually college going back to college where being on a dorm floor with so many people with different personalities it mm-hmm. was cool to see how we were all so different but were able to come together and form these really cool these really strong bonds this, these strong friendships so my animator brain was like okay what else different personalities days feel different you know translated through animator brain you get the weaklings yeah. <laughs> and so that was interesting because I decided to do that 100% independently. So we started through Kickstarter, raised 20K, and then used that to make the, the first pilot episode, which was a huge learning experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, I bet. So what is that, before we get kind of get into more details about it, what is the animation process like for this show?
1: Okay, I'll break it down for you quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I come from a traditional animation background. Like, okay. do you know, my, what's your favorite animated show?
0: Uh, off the top of my head, The Simpsons.
1: Per- perfect answer. Yeah. <laughs> I love The Simpsons, too. But so for a Simpsons episode, it takes nine months to make, right? From writing it to uh, getting the script together, recording the voices. We always do that first. Yeah. And then you do the storyboards. The storyboards are like a comic book version of the final episode. It's kind of like this, the, the main drawn out so you can see if it's funny see if the jokes are working and the animators use the storyboard drawings to determine what the character is going to be acting and animating out what the background is going to look like what the scenes going to look like all that kind of good stuff right mm-hmm. And then once the storyboard's locked in there all the characters are moving you go to sound you put the sound effects in there you edit it together and hopefully you have a done cartoon so for the big productions you know that could take up to a year nine months a year for us ours took from January to January, February, March, April, May, June—like five months. So we mm-hmm. sped it up a little bit. Smaller team, but we're able to still bring out the characters and use the same steps they use to to make it happen. Because you have to do—we don't have—we we 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 raised twenty grand. We couldn't do much with you know a Simpsons budget is like three million dollars per episode. We ain't got that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to work with what we got. But it's a fun process. You know, animation does take a long time. It's 24 drawings per second typically to make a cartoon mm-hmm. that's 24 drawings of one thing so if you imagine a scene with seven characters that's 24 drawings per seven characters per second which is a i'm not good at math but you know <laughs> it adds up it, it it really really does So you have to be passionate about what you do and in that storyboarding process make sure the story's working make sure the characters are working and make sure the jokes are working so that by the time you get to you know month four or five you're not like oh crap this Mm
0: -hmm.
1: is not good yeah which happens a
0: lot (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I was kind of I'm curious about that then how are you so your episodes right now how many episodes do you put out um, a month and how long does it take you now to do an episode
1: we do on a good schedule we Mm -hmm. try to do an episode a month but we haven't put out a new full episode all this year yet, Just we're trying to save some up and put them out, be actually, actually be smart about it, you know, instead of being like, hey fans, we got one coming, and then be like, okay, wait two more weeks, because it's taking too long. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, um, I believe we have five episodes out now, and then we're also posting constant daily content on um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok, so we're making a lot of stuff all the time and just getting it out there. It's kind of hard to plan it all, but once the system is moving, you can get the content out there, interact with the fans and and stay in their face because the show's a daily show, right? It's about days of the week. We gotta be there every single day and finding creative ways to make stories and, and, and bring these characters out is always, it's one of the challenges, but also one of the fun parts about the process we chose to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. So why did you choose to put them out on YouTube specifically?
1: Uh, I, the whole thing was independent, right? I mm-hmm. was like, I don't want to deal with any studio stuff. I just want to make it. All came from a more creative place and a business place, where I just want to get. So I don't want to deal with pitching and executives and this and that and changing the idea and blah 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 blah. Ain't nobody got time for all that, right? Yeah. So <laughs> YouTube is a great. You know, I come from that generation where I think it's it's a blessing to have that tool, right? Mm-hmm. You can put stuff out there, bypass all the the gates that trad- traditional people had to deal with. I always think back to um, like an animator, my age in the nineties, right? Who wishes, not only do they have the technology to make stuff, I can make a cartoon on my laptop. Like that's, that's absolutely insane. You know yeah. what I mean? Not only do we have that, but there's a place to put it after you're done and people mm-hmm. could see it. Like, <laughs> 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 so <laughs> I'm always thinking about like, In thinking in perspective, the historical context of where we're living in creatively, Mm -hmm. and trying to capitalize on that. So YouTube was a was a natural outlet for me, but of course it's all about figuring out after that how do we get the eyeballs on it once it's there. That's the real hard part. Anyone these days can make stuff, but getting the eyeballs is, as I'm sure you're aware, the that's the that's the real skill, right? Mm -hmm. That's the the marketing part is the real skill. So only. Animating, but I also took some, you know, watched a whole lot of Gary V. to be honest. <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk, I think like he should be the producer of The Weaklings because he really taught me social media and marketing and getting your stuff out there in a, in a significant way.
0: So what is so with that? What is your, I guess, your social media strategy around this, and and how is that being tied into your funding of the of more episodes?
1: So the weeklies is all based on the real deal is getting the kids to buy the merch, right? Buy the posters, buy the t-shirts, buy the, hopefully we can do toys pretty soon, but that's what the real driving factor is. And what's great about it is that as the system, as the the machine builds, Mm -hmm. the content we're producing can be repackaged in different ways to continue to get those views, to continue to get those, those impressions that will hopefully funnel back to getting to the store, right? So we're creating, the basic thing is we're creating characters that kids love so that they wanna have that character represent them through whatever merch we we offer, right? Mm -hmm. To make those characters um, likable, we have to put them in fun stories. So the episodes are just fun stories that you can like, like with SpongeBob, right? You sit down with him, you're familiar with him, you know Bart Simpson, you wanna hang out with Bart Simpson, let's get a t-shirt with Bart Simpson on it because he represents me, right? right. That's basically what is what it, what it boils down to. So we spend a lot making the content, but the way it's distrib- distributed makes it so that it's not really as expensive as people think it is. Because one episode can be, let's say we have a 10-minute episode, right? We can cut it up to minute-long segments and put it on YouTube in different ways, compilations, stuff like that. That just keeps the, the fans eager for more and watching more. As we make more. And kids are like watching the same stuff over and over again, like you know, which is kind of funny. But kids will, because we have a young audience, we can get away with a lot of stuff that you can't necessarily get away with with a more, you know, older, mature audience because kids will watch stuff over and over again, which is great. And we're making great stuff and they're liking it. So we're trying to sell some merch, honestly. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. Yeah. <laughs> and to tell fun stories. Tell fun stories.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. So Does that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Because I was kind of, I was curious on 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 with that. Um, it, I think doesn't that like what the strong bad team ultimately ended up doing too is they, funneled these their weird into yes. just buying a bunch of merchandise.
1: Yes. 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 We're we're yeah. building up to that. That's yeah. What
0: we're yeah. Trying to do. So where do your ideas come from for the show?
1: For the show, the ideas are come from real life, honestly. This, at the end of the day, the show's about seven friends hanging out and trying to find their place in the world. Mm-hmm. So I try to find relatable stories that you know kids can understand, but then make them Weaklings are fired. Right. So, for example, we have an episode called April Fool's Night where the boy characters have a sleepover and someone invites April Fool's Day, who is a character. that all, OK, let me go back. <laughs> all the characters in the show who aren't days or holidays. Right. Okay. We have New Year's, Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, uh, Groundhog Day, anyone. Yeah. So April Fool's Day gets invited to this party and the whole episode is about them trying not to fall asleep because they know April Fool's Day is going to prank them. So they're competing with each other to not fall asleep, right? Something that we all, we've all been asleep over before. We all know the prankster with the marker who's waiting for you to fall asleep. Why Mm -hmm. not make that April Fool's Day? You know what I mean? So stuff like that where they're relatable and fun and also take advantage of animation as much as possible. Uh, We have another episode that's just about um, them trying to bust uh, uh, Groundhog Day out of jail because Groundhog Day's shadow framed him for a crime <laughs> so like <laughs> so we do have grounded stuff we also have fun stuff which takes advantage of the fact that you can have a fun shadow character who could do a lot of bad stuff a lot of fun car chases in that one and and just have as much fun as we can tell these quick stories get in get out make you laugh make you feel a little bit
0: and then hopefully
1: you want to you want to watch the next one
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's i fun. it's fun yeah, this I I I was watching a couple episodes and I definitely have to keep keep going into more because they are very entertaining. I wondering if you could touch a little bit about the idea of fear. So being someone who's creative, you're putting something out there that may work out, it may not, um, but it's a lot of your time and your energy. And and as you just described, you know part some of your stories. So. How do you approach those times when you feel apprehensive about either putting out an episode or even starting this series, and how do you push past that?
1: I think I'm too dumb to be afraid of a lot of stuff, which is a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> like, looking back, a lot of my stuff, I'm like, why Why would I do that? Like, if I knew now, well, if I knew then what I knew, wait, what am I trying to say? Basically, like for like, if you go back to me entering the Nickelodeon competition, right? Like, Mm -hmm. why would I do that? But I didn't think anything of it. I submitted it and then forgot about it. Mm -hmm. With the Weaklings, I look back. I'm like, why would you, you know, Kickstarter? That's a risk, right there. Why'd you do? I don't know. (laughs) I I don't have. (laughs) So (laughs) in hindsight, I can understand how fear would stop. But what I'm in the moment, I think that in this particular aspect of my life, like I'm a pretty Cautious guy anywhere outside of what I want to create. Mm -hmm. So overcoming that, I must have done that at a young age. And I think that's probably just being confident in myself and my work and knowing that I have a voice and knowing that I have a story is worth telling. You know, they always say um, uh, the hardest part about writing your story is knowing you're worth the ink, right? I was like, I know I'm worth the ink. I just got to find something to read the story is what kind of what my mindset was all this time. But so, so thinking about it, fear is never really, I don't get afraid until after I jump in with the sharks, I guess. Gotcha. Like, oh, I just, I just, I just with sharks, you
0: know? Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, no, that's great. So with, with everything that you have done and experienced so far, What would you say has been the best advice that you were ever given?
1: Uh, I think the best advice kind of ties into that fear stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. The best advice I ever got seems like an insult, but it was nobody cares. Hmm. Nobody cares. And for a lot of people, that is a sad statement to have, right? Like no one cares. But for me, I I interpret that as like no one cares. so You can do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. and try some things out right so you know make it make your own show no one cares you know (laughs) like if it's good or bad no one really cares if you fail on kickstarter no one really cares so you can experiment have fun play around with stuff and that's once you're in that fun creative space you can do whatever you want to do right you have you give yourself the freedom the permission to not worry about other people's opinions on what you're doing Mm -hmm. so yeah no one cares but also on the flip side people want to care so if you give them something to care about they like they'll, they'll love you for it and giving them that your soul through art is probably one of the most uh you know as an artist you trying kind to of feel like it's a noble thing right you're giving your soul just take a look at it guys you know <laughs> 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 we could do something like that so i think that the fact that no one no one cares the world's too big the internet's too too wide everyone's too focused on their own stuff don't worry yeah. about it whether it's whether it's through your art or stuff that happens embarrassing you know in your life it's like hey No one cares. That sounds cynical.
0: (laughs) I mean, not really though. I mean, it's, you've got a a great point there. That's like, we're all focused on our own stuff so much that, you know, unless it's some kind of huge embarrassing failure that's coupled with something else that kind of uh, maybe it shouldn't be. Or if you were like a really famous person that you're right. Like it's people may come across it and then forget about it in the next 10 minutes when something else pops up. So yeah makes perfect sense. Think about
1: the social media and things celebrities go through. It's like they, people, they want to care. They act like they care, but the next day something else happens. They don't care anymore. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's That's the freedom we have. So yeah. use that to
0: your advantage. Try some stuff <laughs> out. <laughs> if it doesn't work, no one cares. <laughs> right, exactly. And try something else. And then, yeah, yeah, no, I know. I love it. That's that's fantastic. So, <laughs> yeah, Jibrilla, it's it's been awesome to, to chat with you and get to know more about your work. So thank you so much for joining me today. If the listeners would like to watch your show or get in contact with you and see more about what you're working on, where is the best place they can go for all of those?
1: the best place to watch the weaklings is on youtube just type in uh the weaklings cartoon you can find all of our latest episodes we just did one with uh fourth of july who is based on uh america's icon guy fieri so you want to check it out for sure (laughs) um and we're also on tiktok we just passed 240k fans on there which is really exciting and if it's still around by the time this thing airs, you know who they might yeah. be. But <laughs> that's <laughs> that a whole actually, different conversation.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. Before I let you go, I was gonna ask you about that. Um, thank you for bringing that up. So, what happens? So, with TikTok being, you know, one of the areas that you're on, what happens if TikTok goes away? Are you just gonna jump to somewhere else? Are you moving to your own platform, or what do you do? Definitely something we haven't thought about or
1: planned for was something that's going away. That's that's been our major um, driving force. We get about four million views per month on TikTok alone. Yeah. So that brings over to YouTube, which is really, really great. But we'll just adapt. You know, focus yeah. on the weekend's website. I don't have one, so I gotta get that going, <laughs> and then capture those emails and make sure we just uh, future-proof, algorithm-proof our future processes. Right. Yeah. Algorithms are the, like the, the anti. Thing, the, the the what is my saying there's the a bad guy to creativity and i knew that but i never really took it seriously so now that i know that anything can go that things nothing's this whole year is all about how anything it, things change right like you never know what's going to happen so right. i'm gonna try to build up and make sure that the website and stuff like that is good to go so the fans can still stay in touch and we keep the keep the train going
0: Okay, well, awesome. Well I will I'll put links to uh, your YouTube and, and some other links in the show notes so people can click right through and and uh, maybe by the time this episode comes out you'll have a, a website that they can also add to that.
1: Yes, check us out. watch the cartoons. hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Of course, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance your Hour podcast.